That radio chick Cheryl Lee here with you. Welcome to the Still Rocking It podcast where we'll have news, reviews and interviews with some of our favourite Australian musicians and artists. Today I share a Zoom chat I had recently with the King of Blues Fest, Peter Noble, an Australian entrepreneur active in the music industry for over 50 years, best known as the Festival Director of Annual Blues Fest in Byron Bay, which has been running since 1990. The five-day festival is held every Easter at Tyagara Tea Tree Farm, just north of Byron Bay, a New South Wales beachside town. His contribution to the industry was recognised in 2014 when he was awarded the Rolling Stone Australia Award for his services to Australian music. 2016, he was awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia on Australia Day for service to live and recorded music, to tourism and to the community. By the time Bluesfest turned 25 years old, it had won 27 awards, including four Australian Hilton Awards for Best Contemporary Music Festival and Australian Event of the Year. What's Blues? Fest's Peter Noble been up to lately? Let's find out. You're with Cheryl Lee, that radio chick. I'd like to welcome you to the Zoom chat room today. We are lucky enough to have the King of Blues Fest with us, also known as Peter Noble, OAM, mind you. Thank you for joining us today, Peter. My pleasure, Cheryl. How are you? Oh, well, thank you. Peter's an Aussie entrepreneur active in the music industry for over 50 years, best known as the director of the annual Blues Fest in Byron Bay. It's been running since 1990. Tell us a quick little history of Blues Fest and how Peter Noble became involved. Well, where do I start? I mean, prior to 1990, I, I used to be a musician once, once way back. In the mid-70s, I moved to America to try my luck there. Ended up being in the business side after my live music decade of being a player. So I came back to Australia beginning of the 80s and got into uh, basically pioneering touring of that end of the business here, the blues and the jazz and, yeah, just all forms of music, reggae. And I did other tours like the suite and stuff like that. But out of that, I used to regularly go to Byron Bay with talent and play at the Piggery, the arts factory there, which was an old pig slaughterhouse. Great musician formerly called Denny DePel, who moved to Australia in the 60s with rug band. who were all draft evaders from the US from the Vietnam War. They bought a property at Arimba where the uh, famous Eric Worrell's Reptile Park is. And that's where the first ever Australian festival pilgrimage for pop with Billy Thorpe and Jeff St. John and all sorts of bands on their commune. The band I used to play in way back then, we used to do a few shows with them. And gee, I tell you what, we all thought they came from San Francisco, not San Bernardino, where they really came from. Anyway, Danny moves up to, to Byron and he built the Arts Factory. And then he had a manager there that was a blues fan, Kevin Oxford. And Kevin put on at the Arts Factory the, uh, the first blues fest. It was called the East Coast Blues Festival, 1990. And I had canned heat touring at the time. So we played there. And then the next year I had John Mayle touring and we played there. And the next year I had nobody touring, but I still went. And by the fourth year, they went outdoors and Kevin decided he needed a partner and he got a couple of partners and I was one of them. I became a partner in Blues Fest, as it's now called. And um, yeah, all the other guys have left along the way, but uh, I'm crazy enough to have stayed around and keep doing it. So yeah, that's a quick story. <laughs> We'll chat some more to Peter Noble about what makes this coming Blues Fest the best festival in Australia of all time. First, how about some canned heat going up the country? Yeah. 
And it just goes from strength to strength to strength. We'll touch briefly on the disappointment of last year. But what I really want to talk about is the massive, massive excitement about the job that you've done this year. Everybody felt it last year, the disappointment when it was cancelled at the last minute. I heard that you came to Roosfest on a Harley last year from Adelaide and arrived just in time for it to be cancelled. Correct. Yeah, we were at Ballina filling up our last petrol Ballina. stop. <laughs> Couldn't get much closer. When the news came through, that's right. Uh, I, I, look, I, I think to this day it was the wrong thing to do on behalf of a government that out of an abundance of concern for our community, but to have sat down with us at the time and discussed what are the possibilities. I, I mean, I was in shock when it happened, and so was my team. And in fact, we had PTSD for weeks or months afterwards, just trying to get out of bed every day was, was a major issue. And it was very political, being covered by media all over the world. And I was struggling, oh. just struggling to to just deal with it all afterwards. But we got to that point of saying, look, there were three or four of us in the company and we said, we have to find a way out of this. And just like the year before, where within four days of being closed, we said to all our staff, you've got a job. You know, we're not going to fire anybody. We might not be able to employ you five days a week. For many, it was only three, many others four. But out of that, you know, we only do a four-day work week nowadays. But anyway, we do big ones though. But the next year was, you know, how do we get out of this? How do we pay everybody? How do we, it was just, it was just, it was like climbing three Mount Everests in a snowstorm, you know, but it was, but in a way we did get to pay, well, we did get to pay. I have to say, you know, yes, the government came to the party, but I, I don't know whether that was out of conviction or embarrassment in the end. It was quite a political issue. And I'm speaking for myself here, my thoughts about it all were, were that, gee, there was only two or three people came down from Brisbane and they had COVID and they went home again and they passed it to one person. And there was all this fear that that one person who didn't have a ticket to Blues Fest and lived 45 minutes drive away might have infected other people coming to Blues Fest. And, but it was all out of maybe, maybe, maybe rather than, hey, why don't we just wait a day and see if anything happens? Even the punters could see that, you know, in hindsight and, and hardly even just in hindsight. What a massive, massive overreaction. What? What a mess it, it all ended up being. And, we, and the, the message to the people that support music or were in the, are in the music business was simple. You can go to the Royal Easter Show and stand shoulder to shoulder with 70,000 people a day. You can go to any sporting match. But if it's music, there doesn't even have to be any COVID on site. We'll shut it down on the whiff of COVID. I really feel so bad about the artists who were there, the people camping who were there, the people that were in transit. You know, all those people got a very severe lesson about what it is to be a music fan and how we will all be treated. They can now make their own decisions going forward as to what they want to do about that. We can all think about it at the ballot box maybe, but, um, but you know, it can't happen again. And I will say there were a number of politicians calling me over that weekend, assuring me how upset they were with the decision and that they would make sure it doesn't happen again. But that didn't change anything. It has no, happened. It was too late. And all the roadies and lighting guys and sound technicians and all the food and the infrastructure, you know, from the punter's point of view, we were devastated not just for ourselves but for just the whole community and everybody involved. As you know, my hubby and I on the uh, on the midlife crisis, Harley, <laughs> ridden for 
four days to get there and um, at Ballina, sort of half an hour away, was when we got the news. So, and of course, we weren't the only ones. There were people on planes and trains and automobiles. I mean, there were artists who hadn't worked in a year. Look, I I feel for all artists, but I particularly feel those artists who were on the lower guarantees, who had spent their money to travel, and they hadn't worked in most cases for a year. Um, And so we had to find a way to give them money, and, and we did. You know, maybe the guys who were getting the big money didn't get all their money, but all the people getting the smaller guarantees, I think under 15K, they got all their money. Some of those people went back to me afterwards and said, you know what, you've given me the hope to keep carrying on. You know, what it did to our industry, it it decimated our confidence. Who was going to put on an event when that could happen to you? Who was going to go and play at an event, you know, when that could so easily happen? And, of course, so many events did get cancelled and rescheduled. But, mm. um, but from my perspective, we had to get, once I started to think clearly about three months later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, not quite, but we just we, we have to keep doing this because one day it's going to happen. We will rise again. You can't, yeah. you can knock us to the mat. The count <laughs> might have got to nine. But we're going to spring up like super blues. <laughs> we get knocked down, but we get up again. <laughs> yeah, oh. and, and because we had to, because, you know, you talk about how many years I've been in the business, I've forgotten. But I've been in the business long enough to know that this business has given me so much joy, so much happiness, so much awareness of what I want to do in my life. I've been in the music business since I'm 15 years old. Uh, I was professional at the time I was 17. And Sure, I've driven taxis and waited on tables, but this is what I do. It really was that moment where you go, is this what you want to continue to do? And as I got up off my knees or whatever that was that day when I was praying, um, I went, of course it is. This is just, this is now an opportunity because it's an opportunity to go, we're going to come back. You can't be blown off, blown out and blown away. We played Canned Heat earlier, the very first band that Peter Noble took to Blues Fest all those years ago. The very next year, he toured John Mayle. Here's John Mayle now with the Blues Breakers featuring Eric Clapton, All Your Love. Back to speak with Peter about the unbelievable event that will be Blues Fest 2022. You certainly come back like a phoenix out of the ashes. The lineup that you have put together, this is bigger than Woodstock. This is going to be Australia's Woodstock, and people are going to be talking about this event in 50 years, like they talk about Woodstock. Midnight Oil, Paul Kelly, Crowded House, Jimmy Barnes, Teskey Brothers, Casey Chambers, Hooter Gurus, Ian Moss, The Living End, John Stevens, Kate Sobrano, Ross Wilson, The Angels, Tex Perkins, Glenn Shorrock, Joe Camilleri and The Black Sorrows, Diesel, Russell Morris, Chain, Rock Quiz. The list is so long, I haven't got time to talk about it because I know you're on a schedule. Congratulations. There is such an Australian content. How the hell did you do it? Well, it, it, it almost did it for itself. I, I mean, we had a large amount of Australian talent in 2020 and then we got cancelled, but so many of them agreed to come back in 2021 and then it got cancelled. But every time we did that, we added more talent. I, I don't think I could easily book something like this again. Sort of like the perfect storm. You know, you know this is the fourth try. We had two tries last year. Um and every time we did it, we added more talent and hardly anybody dropped off. 
Yes, a couple, but hardly anyone. And they're coming back next year anyway. Everybody um, wants to get behind it and be involved, don't they? Well, I I truly believe, and this is not promoter speak, it's if there's been a better bill of a talent ever assembled in Australia, please tell me. And I've checked some of the big ones from, you know, Big Day Out to Australian Made or Sunbury. None of those events for the Australian content, and we'll count the Kiwis as almost honorary Australians. Yes, as Um, we do. Yeah, why not? They put up with us. But it just hasn't happened before. And I can't easily say I could do it again because everybody wanted to come and make this happen. And I think the cancellation made Midnight Oil want to play. Yes. You know, the, the fact that they got cancelled in 2020 made the guys from Crowded House say, well, we want to come back, but we couldn't do it last year. We can this year. All of that is going to be very difficult to ever do again. That's right. A one-off amazing event. We cannot wait to get back on our bike and get back out there. Um, Peter, we could could talk for hours. You must have some amazing stories from those years, you know, some funny things that happened to your favourite artists, but... I'm conscious that Gaynor will have my guts for garters if I don't have you ready for your close-up on the telly. One quick question, if I may. We've raised five children, we've run our businesses, and finally we're free to hang out at Blues Fest. I'm sure we'll go every year. That happens. What's your best tip for Blues Fest virgins? The way I book a festival, and I think that Festival talent bookers are a breed. You know, I had a meeting with Danny Rogers yesterday from Laneway and we got into it. You know what I mean? Like, because it's about artist development. It, it's the buzz of getting those younger artists. And, you know, and he was telling me about what it was for him to develop Florence and the Machine. You know, they became a major artist and how they stuck with him. That's what it is. You know, it's a, a festival is not just a throwing together of talent. It's something that to me... It's going to move people in a good way. It's, it's a very positive action to do so that everybody comes together and they actually do have a great time. I'm not into bands that send me to sleep and I'm not into bands that look at their shoes. I mean, my departed friend Glenn Wheatley used to always say that and that always stuck with me. You know, if you're looking at your shoes, get off the stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if you're coming to Blues Fest, you've got to look at the form guide which is the program. And you've got to pace yourself because 12 hours of music, which is what it is, <laughs> four days out of five and the other day is nine hours, um, I put some of the best stuff on early. And some of those artists have shown over the years that they do rise to become artists who are the ones who are playing into the evenings and at night. We've got some beauties this year. I mean, every year now I'm booking Hussey Hicks because, and I've seen them playing all over America in 2020 early before it all imploded little george is another one there's so many of those artists who are they just got it and i just keep putting them on going one day one of those record executives won't be partying till 3 a.m and you'll actually get up out of bed and listen to what i've said and actually watch one of those acts playing at 12 or 1 or 2 o'clock and sign them like sonny did with kim churchill i told them for years go and see this act. <laughs> so i get a big buzz out of that and i think some of the best stuff is happening in the early afternoons certainly being at Blues Fest, it's important to camp, but I've got to tell you, we've sold out. And we don't have any more camping left Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But We're staying at the Brunswick. Oh, well, that's just down the road. That's right. We can we can walk there. Well, I can't quite walk, but close. Oh. <laughs> Stumble. The Brunswick is a block away from Brunswick Valley Coaches bus stop, so you can get there and back easy. But it's that thing where you can go part of the day and then go somewhere else. 
so you come back for the night, you know, or or you don't come early and you come at four or five or six or seven for the for the rest. There's six stages, including the busker's stage. It, it is just a, a feast, sensory, you just feast, and, and you can't see all the talent. It's just mm. not going to work for you that way. Yes, there are people that come and they run between the stages and we might even let them do it this year now we don't have any restrictions <laughs> rather than <Yeah>. walk carefully. <laughs> but it's important to really look at study the talent and, and then listen to us when we say, well, Shani's going to be the next big thing. And she is. She's, and if she isn't, there's something wrong because she's so talented and, and we've got a bunch of acts like that. It's my pleasure, you know, to be able to work in this business and discover talent and at the other end of the night, roll out the big guns. You know, I can't wait to present George Benson for the first time. You know, that's like, that's the creme de la creme. You know what I mean? That's true legendary. And in a year where it's not been easy to get talent, I've still been able to get the, the best young blues guy from America, our Chris Stone Ingram, Kingfish as they call him. So for the international side, I'm quite pleased we were able to think, you know, hand on heart, I still hope so. I hope nothing goes wrong, but we'll be able to deliver that. The Kiwi bill of having 660, the highest grossing band ever from New Zealand, with the second highest LAB playing before them. The Stan Walker playing before that. In fact, Freddie's playing on another <laughs> night. And yeah, this is why you are the king of blues fest. <laughs> and I'm hardly mentioning blues because I, you know, Australia's greatest blues band, Chain, will be there. Yes, that's right. And, and, and I was just talking with Phil Manning, the guitar player, last week, and I said, why aren't you better known? Why don't you work for it? And he goes, well, way back we had Michael Gudinski as our manager and we were the first act to sign the Mushroom, and, but we've never had a manager in nearly 50 years. You're Australia's greatest blues band ever and you still need a manager. You know, Matt Taylor, the singer in that band, is, I mean, that band is just, it defines a unique style of Australian music. It does. As do the backsliders. And people wonder why I book them every year and not every second or third year. It's because you want to have the best and the best always should be featured. On that note, I think we'd best have a song from Chain. I remember when I was young, Matt Taylor, out the front of one of Australia's most legendary blues bands. Back to chat a little bit more with the King of Blues Fest, Peter Noble, straight after this. When I was young, one of three the movies. So I'm very happy with the mix of talent this year. And, you know, I only had one area primarily to draw from, apart from a few internationals and Kiwis. Might be a couple of artists that people go, oh, that's not normally on Blues Fest. But I'll tell you what, there's still plenty of blues, there's still plenty that's of right. roots music, and there's yeah. all the best Aussies. That's right. I must let you go. I've got so many questions and I know you're a very busy man. So appreciate that you've spent a little bit of time with me. Maybe if you've got 10 minutes in Blues Fest, I can pop a microphone in front of you and ask you a couple more. Yes, work that out with Gaynor. It looks like they're going to be shooting a documentary at Blues Fest about starting last year and about this year. I'd love you to tell your story about how you biked over because all of that is what it is, it's the truth. It's what happened to thousands of people. And we just want to go, hey, that really happened. And, you know, was my life considered when that decision was made? Because that can't ever happen again. And the whole music industry went, the wind went out of our sail. And we weren't considered. And, and when I say we, I mean everybody. The fans to the bands. I've still got bands telling me the Blues Fest play coming up will be one of a handful they've done in two years. It's just but we're going to do it. Yeah. And it's going to be mega. 
<laughs> it is. It's going to be the biggest thing Australia's ever seen. It's all you. Thank you for doing it. Ah, thank you for chatting with me today. Say hi to Gaynor, and I hope I get to buy you a beer and say thank you sometime. Yeah, you can buy me a lemonade. I stopped drinking about five years ago. Thanks so much, Peter. Have a great day. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank Ta-da. you so much. Bye-bye. With so many amazing artists appearing on the bill at Blues Fest, how do you possibly choose who to go out with? Since it's Midnight Oil's last stand, if you like, let's have power and the passion, Midnight Oil. You're with Cheryl Lee, that radio chick. Thank you so much for joining me on the Still Rocking It podcast. Hope to catch you again next time. Get out when you can, support Aussie music, and I'll see you down the front.